Finding Satan, a Black Cat Collective podcast. The world isn't ready for me. I'm mad enough to spit nails and breathe fire, and I can feel things moving under my skin. Spiky things with too many teeth, chewing their way through what little humanity I have left. Sarah has a leg up on me. She went to hell after all and got some one-on-one time with dear old dad. I just had Lilith yanking me around like her pet monkey on a chain. A little capuchin she taught to do tricks and beg for its dinner. But I'm off the leash now, bitches. I cut my collar off and left the chain behind, and I'm not going to let Lilith lead me around anymore. And I'm not going to do what everyone expects. I'm not going after Sarah, and I'm not going after Michael. At least not yet. That fucker almost killed me before he got whatever extra juice he got from killing Clara in the desert. Well, I'll tell you a secret. I have a little extra juice of my own. I can feel it humming through my veins, singing to me. I'll let you figure out what happened. You shouldn't need me to spell it out for you by now. Like, you get what's going on, right? I do. I finally do. At least I think I do. I wish I could talk to Matt and use that great big egghead of his. I shouldn't have been so hard on him. He's a good kid and he means well. It's not his fault Sarah and Clara both led him around by his dick, all while playing with his heart and using him for his brain. At least I'm honest about what I want. Speaking of which, I too could use some dick. And maybe a shower. And some food. Not necessarily in that order, although I'm not that picky, and I did recently suffer some blood loss. Again. And I've been driving this shitty rental for a few hours. I keep my eyes open for a likely-looking bar, and spot a roadhouse about 30 miles down the road. It looks a little rough around the edges, which is perfect for what I'm looking for. The wood is weathered and faded, and the parking lot is half dirt. This is the kind of place where you don't look too closely at a guy's record, and he doesn't look too closely at your face, if you know what I mean. I park the shitty car and leave the keys in it. Ever optimistic. Maybe someone would steal it and save me the trouble of setting it on fire. I walk through rows of trucks on my way to the bar, wondering which of these monsters my bow will drive. The Ford the Chevy, or the Dodge model of urban cowboy transport. I'm pleasantly surprised when I see the bar is filled with more actual roughnecks than white-collar cowboys. I pause just inside and inhale. Beer, dreams, and despair. Three of my favorite fragrances. It makes for a lovely bouquet. I hear the crack of a cue ball as I make my way to an empty table. Somehow both splintery from rough wood and sticky from shitty lacquer. Honestly, if I were human, this is probably the kind of bar I'd avoid. Although at least this crowd is less likely to roofie you. Corner you by the bathroom? Yes. Roofie you and post it online? No. 
I order a beer, a whiskey, and a burger and head to the bathroom to clean up. It's not as bad as I feared. Fairly clean and not yet taken over by bodily odors. But it was still pretty early. Overall, 7 out of 10 would go again better than a Target on a Sunday. I meet the waitress at the table and she drops off my drinks with a guarded nod and I thank her profusely. Almost getting murdered by a harbinger always makes me real thirsty. And I down the whiskey and chase it with half my beer before sitting back down. I'm clean now. Mostly. At least I don't have any visible blood on my skin. My hand is healed already, which is nice. It'll certainly make this next part easier. And we all know I'm a girl that likes things easy. Just like I like my men. You may be surprised to know that I like men. And I have to admit, I mostly don't. I'll sleep with anyone, regardless of their genitals, but I do usually prefer women. However, dick's on the menu for tonight, and I'm not one to argue with a menu. My burger arrives, accompanied by the smell of faintly charred meat and roasted fat. They made it bloody and rare like I asked and seared the outside perfectly, and they served it normal, without a bunch of foofy shit on it. Cheddar cheese, mustard, Elta. That's it. Perfect. I lick the burger juice off my fingers as I look around the bar again. There's a group of Bubba's playing pool together. They look harmless. A couple of beefy bikers gone to seed. Nope. A group of guys in working jeans and boots. They catch my eye and I watch them while I finish what may be the world's best burger. But I quickly lose interest. There's a few other variations on the same kind of groups and I add salt and start in on the fries. Greasy, somehow soft and firm at the same time. I add more salt. Lady, that much salt could kill a camel. I look up and there's a rangy guy standing next to my table. He's handsome, but not too handsome, a little seedy. And I'm about to send him on his way when I catch the little glint in his eye. Well then. We've caught a live one. Why a camel, specifically? They need a lot of salt, you know? Desert, hoarding water. They need salt licks. Think about it. I might have gone with a hamster myself. I mean, sure. Hamster's the obvious choice. But how much salt do they really consume, you know? Compared to a full human body. He uses that as an excuse to look mine up and down before stealing one of my fries. The waitress swings by and subtly cocks her head at the guy, making sure I'm okay. I shrug and she offers me dessert. No thanks. I'm having dessert later. Can I get another shot of beer? I'm buying, and I'll have the same. What's your name, Tex? I bet it was something common like Chris or Chad. Hurt. I don't know why, but the name surprises me. I look at his face, wondering if I was wrong, but then he takes my hand and slides his thumb across my wrist and I know I'm right. He's the one. What about you, pretty lady? I pull my hand back. Annabelle, I tell him, and belatedly bat my eyelashes. That's a sweet name. <laughs> Our drinks come and he uses that as an opportunity to slide his hand up my thigh. 
I kick his chair as if by accident and he leans back. Oops, I say. And he doesn't have the grace to look embarrassed at all. He's perfect. We take our shots and down our beers and I wait for it. Wanna get out of here? A little glint in his eye is clearer now. It's a hard light with an edge to it, like moonlight glinting off a knife. He walks me to his truck. Spoiler alert, it's a Dodge Ram, and he's very proud of it. He's a beauty. She'd look better in black, but I don't say anything. Have you ever done it outside? Like in the car? No, I mean outside, under the stars. You seem outdoorsy. Yeah, that sounds fun. Like a park? Kind of. I know just the place. <sighs> the Harbinger. My beast. Chases me out of the church my parents built for me and him, and I am seething with rage. I don't know what she did to him to get him to turn on me, or how it worked, but after years, years of working together, he's not mine anymore. I crush leaves and branches underfoot as I run, but I know this forest well. I spent half my life running through these woods, with him and without him. But this is the first time he was trying to kill me. The trees rush past me, witch signs carved into their bark, tiny bones hanging from their branches, and the bones whisper and clack as I run by, telling him where I've been. Fucking trees. Clara was wrong about the witch signs. I should have told her what they really were. I should have done a lot of things. I really liked Clara. At least I think I did. It's hard to tell. I can hear him crashing through the woods behind me, but he starts to slow down. To fall back. Soon, all I can hear is my own heartbeat and the whistling of the bones in the trees. And soon even that fades away. And I'm running, without sound without breath, just moving in silence through the trees until I reach a clearing I've never seen before. And the air is thick, and it's hard to move. I, I slow to a walk, and then, as if I'm in a dream, I stop. The clearing is empty. No fire pit, nothing. I look up, and the moon is shining down on me. It's full. And then it's a crescent, waning, a larger crescent, waxing, it, it's full again. And then it's gone, and the night sky is empty and dark, and the clearing is fully dark now. And into this darkness, she walks. The silence comes from her. She is the source, I can tell. I fall to my knees and time slips and she's in front of me, her hand on my head, and I look up into her face, but where her face should be there's just a blur, and on her head there are two giant silver antlers, and her silver hair flows down onto her gown, and her arms are pale, and time glitches over and over again. She's grabbing me and letting me go, but in reality, she's not touched me at all. Nicole. Her voice is the only thing that can break the silence that surrounds us. 
I nod, grateful that she has come to save me, to recognize me, to exalt me. Do you know why the Harbinger hunts you? I nod. You may answer me. It was her. It was Annabelle. She turned him against me. She... Did she, though? Of course she did. He was mine, and then she... She did something to him, and then he changed. You know, a Harbinger may never turn against their chosen one, right? Right, yes, that's right, but she... No, no, you foolish girl. He was never yours. He was always Clara's, you see. It was you that sought to turn him against his person, not Annabelle. You. You who reached out for something that was never yours. But, but my mother... Your mother taught you to lie, little one. She taught you to lie and steal and to lead other girls to their deaths. And you lied so much that you even started to believe your own lies. You started to believe you were really one of them with your stolen harbinger and your stolen circle. But you never were. You are no daughter of mine, Nicole. No, I'm... I'm sorry. I... Darling, you're only sorry you got caught. No, no, I... You can still be useful, even though you are no daughter of mine. Lie down. Yes, right there. Lie down. Keep your eyes open. There he is. God, no! I thought you were saving me! Help me! <laughs> My, what a big spear you have. Do you see that? <laughs> That's even bigger than what you've been using him for. Hmm? What are you? No, beast! No! Ah! Ouch! Right up through the vagina. Normally I disapprove. But after what she put you through, I can understand. Quite bloody, though. Yes, I was rather upset, too. Do you feel better now? Me too. If only everything else were as easy to tidy up. Silly girl, playing make-believe out here with you. She's lucky we killed her when we did. Things would have gone so much worse for her if she was still here when my children arrive. You might as well come along with me. Things to do and all. I'm sure something is waiting to eat her body. Although I'm sure she tastes quite rancid. Oh goodness. Do you see these silly witch signs? <laughs> as if those do anything. Finding Satan is written and directed by Gabrielle Hall. Finding Satan is a Black Cat Collective podcast.